Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? It's Ethan Starkey. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? You thought that you got enough of us uh, yesterday, but we're back again today. And not only that, I'm back with my good friend, Logan Jones. How's it going, Logan? It's going so good. <laughs> we had plans tonight to do a, a, not just a, a duo record, but a, a four-person hosting tonight is what we were thinking as of yesterday. However... We did. I'm glad we gave the gave the caveat, you know, in case things change, um, because both Steve and Jason unfortunately kind of had to to last minute bow out. Um, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, it was. They both had very good reasons to do so. So um, you will be hearing from both of them soon. I promise. But Logan, it's me and you again, buddy. We just did this last night. Let's chat some yep. more. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like no, okay. We put the MVP thing to rest. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna touch it again. I will say there was quite a bit of uh, end of season award content today. If if you're yeah. if you're on Twitter, if you check Winsider, um, like there's there's been a lot of things retweeted onto my timeline from people who I had never read uh, before, like people that I didn't know were covering the league that have like their own kind of private blogs. And I I'm so interested in people's award takes. I actually read as many of them as I could. And I profoundly disagreed with the majority of them. So, mm. so like we talk uh, and we think we're on the same page on this show, but you know, we have, we have discrepancies here and there, but a lot of people who watch the league and, and really pay attention um, and put it into writing, uh, they've got thoughts and, and arguments for a lot of other players. Uh, not, not necessarily MVP. I think everyone agrees on the top two MVP candidates. Um, but I saw pretty convincing arguments that maybe my Heinz Allen take yesterday was pre uh, premature. Um, yeah. If, and I, I didn't <laughs> want to super call you out on that, <laughs> but I it, saw was, also, it was, it was, I was like, well, there's a couple others. <laughs> well, I remember you, you said uh, your defensive player of the year. I, I kind of alluded to this. I think defensive player of the year, I was leaning towards Alicia Clark. Yeah. And I read some things today that, may have changed my mind so there's i i just think it's a great time to be covering the league it's nice to see so much excitement about it um the athletic is is writing a lot about it and that's kind of been uh the hub as things change with sports illustrated and other big sports media franchise like it's it's good to see kind of the big boys stepping in and and doing a lot of uh, analysis so mm. it's it's out there if you want to obviously listen to this podcast we're going to cover a lot of it today for you um, but I, you know, we talked a, a lot yesterday, kind of in our pre-record, which we always reference. Um, and by the way, if you're a Patreon listener, a lot of times we release, um, some extended, some extended cuts so that you can listen to these things. But, uh, we talked a little bit about how, uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought entirely. You can just cut that. Oh, no, you <laughs> I just ran no, dude. a brick wall. That's how tired I am. <laughs> you're good. You're good. No, just about we we talked yesterday. Uh, alluded to some of the oh, awards and now. and MVP and and whatnot. But yeah, what uh, I was gonna say we we talked about how when we used to cover college sports, some sports would give us like all the information we needed every quarter and be like, here's the stats. 
And other times you'd cover like a high school game or sports that didn't have a, like a PR person and you just have to keep track yourself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we started this podcast, the WNBA was a little bit like that high school basketball game where you just kind of had to pay attention to bootstrap a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, Like there wasn't a lot of uh, like advanced analytics out there. There wasn't a lot of analysis from people that really knew the game out there, um, which is why we started the show in the first place. Um, but now I feel like it's it's grown. I think it, there's a noticeable difference now. And it's still got a long way to go. We were talking about the WNBA standings last night, even though the WNBA's own website had not... Yeah, they didn't update it till the, like this morning. Yeah, I checked this yeah. morning and it was finally there. And I was like, oh, good. Yeah, like, so glad they got that figured out. <laughs> there's still work to do. Um, but no, I'm, I'm glad that you, you made a, a mention of some of those that have been doing that. You know... Uh, Winsider does a phenomenal job, and there's a bunch of others. We're huge fans of of Anila. If you want to check her out, uh, W Hoops blogger on Twitter. She's got great content that she puts out on a regular basis, and there's so many others. Um, you know, uh, Lachina Robinson and the Around uh, the Rim podcast is a phenomenal resource as well, um, as far as you know player stories and whatnot. And we've always been big proponents uh, ever since we started this show is that we're not in competition with any of these other podcasts or any of these other, you know, uh, kind of self, self-made uh, media covering the league because any coverage of the league, in our opinion, grows the league. And that's what we're all about. Uh, we, we think that this, this league is the greatest in the world and we want more people to know about it. And so we celebrate, you know, uh, and and get to see we've had our own listeners even reach out and talk with us and then start their own podcast covering the WNBA and we're huge fans of that and um, so yeah like huge shout outs there's been so much good coverage and I'm glad that glad that uh, we were able to see yeah I, I was scrolling through Twitter a bunch today seeing a lot of different takes on a lot of different awards I think that for me um, you know we were talking about uh, you know, defensive player last year and, or for this year. And I mentioned that I think it would be a guard or a wing. Um, and I still feel that way. I still think, I think Alicia Clark's up there and I would probably put Brittany Sykes possibly as, as maybe my number two spot. Um, but then after that, like there's just a slew of players, right? Like Candace Parker had a phenomenal season. Um, I could see someone like Alyssa Thomas, getting getting some some looks uh you know I, I i really do think that there was a lot of of great defensive basketball being played and there was no clear-cut defensive player of the year in my opinion but i do think that alicia clark and i would i in my personal opinion Brittany sykes probably be my one and then two um there do we want to talk awards or do we want to talk uh, like I don't know what what are you thinking tonight, man? Do we want to what what? Uh, I definitely I, I I'm sure the listeners want to get into playoff matchups, and we we will definitely hit that. I think if we really quickly wanted to go through awards, we yeah we, we've kind of already talked about how defensive player of the year, most improved, those are kind of up in the air. We have some favorites. Uh, I think the WNBA Rookie of the Year to me is very clear, and I was wondering if you felt the same because we've kind of neglected. I, that. I think, in my opinion, it's the most obvious award this season. Oh, okay. Like hundred percent, and so, um, yeah. Who like who? Who do you have for rookie of the year? Yeah, I I think despite a lot of fun performances, I think it has to be Dangerfield. Is that? Yeah, I agree. Accurate? Um, I think that Kennedy Carter deserves a mention here. 
and maybe even to a lower extent, there's one or two others that, that you could also throw in the mix. Um, but nobody touched Crystal Dangerfield and her consistency from start to finish on this season. Um, and I'm really excited. In fact, I, I would be shocked if she doesn't win Rookie of the Year. And I'm excited because she's also the lowest taken. Like, she, she'll win Rookie of the Year as the latest taken of any draft pick. Yeah. I, think, I think prior to this, I think number seven, maybe eight, had won a Rookie of the Year. But she's second round. I think she was what? Was she 14 or 16? Or I can't, I, off the top of my head, I don't know why I'm having a hard time remembering. I'll, that, I'll find but, it. I'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I think Dangerfield 100% uh, deserves it. Um, that being said, I'm also really excited of, from what we saw from uh, Kennedy Carter. I do think that Satu Savali had maybe a slightly underwhelming first season. But I think that she's still in problem, probably my top two or three players that I'm taking as far as future potential in this league. Um, and then obviously Sabrina Ionescu going down, you know, just in the first couple of games of the season um, kind of throws a whole wrench into, into everything. And she's a generational talent as well. So um, it was like, I, I thought, there was about a, a 1% chance that someone not named Sabrina Satu or Kennedy was going to take this rookie of the year award. And, uh, and yet here we are with that 1% chance. And it happened to be a second rounder. You know, it wasn't any, it wasn't somebody like Ruthie Hebert that we mentioned, you know, maybe finding a good fit in Chicago or um, even Ty Harris. Right. But uh, yeah, danger field. Yeah, just putting and, uh, on a putting on a display. Where when was she taken? Was she sixteen? Sixteenth overall. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sixteen. Yeah. And uh, just for context, that's after uh, the like uh, the New York Liberty had three picks in like four or five. Oh yeah, like in a row. Yeah, five like, picks. It took like three of the the previous four. Um, so that was after the big run of New York Liberty picks. Obviously, they took Sabrina number one overall, but then they had a, a cluster at the end of the first and beginning of the second. It's also after um, the, a lot of the Dallas picks. Dallas had three picks in the first round. Mm. Um, and it also comes after Minnesota's first pick. Yeah. Minnesota picked number six overall. They took Makia uh, Herbert Harrigan out yeah, of South Carolina. Matt Kiki, yeah, for sure. Like, Which, yeah, isn't that crazy? It's, it's, it's awesome and just shows... I think it speaks really well of Crystal and and her work ethic and being able to come into the league and and just make a name for herself. Um, let's uh, that was more than we should have probably spent on that one. But uh, defensive player of the year, I already mentioned Alicia Clark. Um, I do like Brittany Sykes, and I mentioned Alyssa and uh, um, Candace Parker. Uh, any other names that that you uh, would throw out, and then I want to hear what your official call would be for the defensive player of the year i i think those are the names i don't think we're leaving anybody out of the discussion um i've leaned toward uh alicia clark however it's it's kind of hard um (laughs) it's kind of hard to leave candace parker out of the discussion when she's my number three or four mvp candidate right now and it's Mm -hmm. largely because of what she does on the defensive end and she does plenty on the offensive end so right you know, I, I almost feel like <laughs> because she's not going to win MVP, maybe maybe she should get a little boost in the defensive player of the year conversation. Okay. Um, and then I, I certainly think um, I certainly think Sykes deserves to be there. I don't 
I don't know where I would rank the three right now. I think I would put Parker first and Clark second and Sykes third. Okay. I don't hate that. I don't, yeah, I don't hate that. I do think defensive player of the year is such, I think is oftentimes a really difficult one to, to make um, just because of some of its eye test. You know, there are some st- statistics that go into it, but you know, a lot of it is, it's kind of just what have they done and who did they shut down throughout the season? And if there's any specific performances that, you know, have them stand out, I think can, can really make a huge difference there. Um, let's go to most improved players. So you mentioned Heinz Allen and I agree. I think that she's right up there. There's two others in my mind that I think have a shot at this. And I'll be honest, I kind of feel like all three of them have a real like a decent chance at this. Um, so we mentioned Heinz Allen. I mentioned Kalia Copper yesterday. I also think Benajah Laney. Uh, so I, th- those are my three. Um, I'm not sure where I'm putting them right now. I, I do think that all three of them have a, a solid argument. I'm having a difficult time giving the edge to, to one or the other right now. Um, but uh, I, I'm curious what your, what your thoughts are on, on most improved. Yeah. The article I was just trying to find it on Twitter. Cause I want to give credit, um, but the article I read was in defense of Laney mm-hmm. uh, and it, it basically, I, I'm really abridging a really good, like 1200 word article here, but essentially it said Heinz Allen has improved considerably in her like basketball skill level, but a lot of it just has to do with usage going from seven minutes a game to like 30, mm-hmm. you know, in my head I say, yeah, she's earned that because She's such a good player, but also the Mystics lost so much from their starting five that maybe that opportunity opened up and she took advantage of it. You're um, talking Heinz Allen here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, it's, it's not quite the same as playing yourself into those minutes. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that being the argument because I think she has has performed well in those minutes. But um, I do think Laney has a real strong argument in terms of um, becoming a more efficient player and really blossoming into and and copper too to an extent although copper plays for such a good team that it does kind of damage her case a little mm-hmm. um, but i think both laney and copper have turned themselves into names in this league um you know they're they're not all stars yet but they went from not really being on my radar all that much to they are names we pay attention to and we talk about and that's really what I look for for a most improved player is did you take yourself from the fringe of competing for a spot or, you know, just a depth piece that, that isn't really considered a major like mover and shaker to you might be the reason that we pull out a game in the playoffs. You might be the reason we make it to the playoffs. Right. You know, the, you know, the ability for one player to go off for 25 points when you thought, you know, oh, that's, you know, that's just a depth piece. We don't play her more than 10 minutes a game. That's a huge benefit to a, a team you know if you if you go into 2021 um suddenly and you're the mystics and you get all your players back plus heinz allen you're like man we got almost a log jam for minutes because we know what we can get out of all these players um and i that's a good problem for a coach to have and the argument said that laney has kind of done that uh to the highest degree and i i'm leaning towards agreeing i i liked kalia copper for a lot of the year but chicago fading down the stretch really makes it hard yeah yeah i I, i'd agree with that and i i i get that call for laney i think 
I, I understand that, um, that sentiment, you know, like, Hey, like you, they earned these minutes, but Laney played for Indiana last season. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of and went down to Atlanta and, um, you know, found a, a, a more, uh, open role. So I don't know if I particularly look at Laney as having like, like earned more minutes there as, as much as Atlanta was also kind of, you know, a, a team with major influx this season with a lot of new players and a lot of, you know, missing, missing players and whatnot, um, which is similar to what Heinz Allen experienced just without changing teams, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so, so I kind of, I kind of, I feel that a little, um, but maybe not to the same extent. Um, I, I might go Heinz Allen, um, but just barely. I, I think that if, if Heinz Allen or Laney were to win the award, I think that both of them would be well, well deserving. Um, I think they both could do, uh, I think they both earned it. Uh, and I wouldn't be upset with either one of them uh, taking that, taking that uh, category. Um, let's see. What else do we have left that we haven't discussed yet? Let's go, should we go sixth woman. Let's go sixth woman of the year. It, to me, <laughs> um, this one I feel like almost isn't fair because at least how I understand six woman is you didn't start. Correct. Right. Like you didn't start more than half the games. So I've got a very obvious one here, which is kind of the, I don't know. Like, I think it's, it's pretty apparent to me just simply because of how this player, what their role was, was they came off the bench. Although they probably averaged more minutes than almost anybody on the right. team saved just like one or two players. And that's De'Arica Hamby. Yep. Yep. Is that, is that, are you, are you feeling the same way? <laughs> and, and the, league, the league felt the same way. She won it in 2019. And I think she'll win it again. Because she doesn't start, I believe. So generally uh, is it swords that, yeah, swords I think is the one that starts in, in that spot, but, but Hamby's the one who gets the majority of the minutes. So, without the start and her getting those minutes, like she puts up really, really good numbers. Um, I think she, I'm going to look in these up real quick. Um, 13 points per game, 7.1 rebounds per game, 2.7 assists and 1.7 steals. Like that's, that's starter numbers. Like that's anybody coming off the bench and putting that, those, uh, those stats up, I think is, is kind of going to be the runaway uh, with this. Am I am I wrong in saying I don't know if there's another one who comes close? No, and it, it is it feels weird because it's kind of by design, but that's that's the award, and she comes off the bench, and I I think she'll win it, and I think it would be wrong if she didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it is it's almost as if <laughs> it feels a little bit like Bill Lambeer and the Aces are like, hey, we want to get a sixth woman of the award, a sixth woman of the year award. So, uh, Hey, uh, Hamby, you just take a seat. We'll put you in, in about three minutes and then you just play the rest of the game. You know, it feels almost like that. And, you know, and she's, she's playing phenomenally. I think that Hamby's going to be an all-star, um, in the, in the very near future, in my opinion. So we'll see, we'll see how that pans out, but that's my, that's my take on Hamby. I think she's, she's playing great basketball. Um, let's see, what do we, do we have any player awards left? The only one I can think left is coach of the year. Is that, do you have a, just real fast. Who's, who's, uh, who's your coach of the year? 
Uh, this one's this one's tough. I think that I think there's a couple different ways to to look at this. My first instinct is to go with Bill Ambeer taking the Aces to a number one seed because of who they lost and, you know, having an MVP type season with the Asia Wilson and, you know, basically un, unthroning Seattle, beating Seattle twice in the season. Like there's so much that I think Bill Ambeer uh, has done this season to deserve that coach of the year spot. Um, but if you just look on the other, on the other side, Cheryl Reeve has also done more with less than I think almost anybody in the league. Um, and that's not the, that's not a, a call out on Nafisa or Sylvia or crystal. I think that, I just think that when on paper, Minnesota, probably on paper, everybody would say they had less talent than probably the next three teams that they finished ahead of. Um, and maybe the next four, if I'm being honest, like they're, they're close to that. Um, and they finished as the four seed and looked really solid and never throughout the season looked like a team very out of sorts. They never looked like they were going to just get totally run out of the gym. Um, they said they stayed competitive in every season. And I, that I like, I have nothing but respect for Cheryl Reeve and how she coaches basketball. So there's those two, those two thought processes. I would probably lean towards Bill Ambeer because I think it's just that much more impressive. But if Cheryl Reeve takes this, I'm, I'm not upset at all. Cause I think it, I think it just comes down to which narrative do you prefer as, yeah. as a voter? I, uh, I said when I, when we did our first episode, like three games into the season, I said, it's not a big deal yet that Minnesota's winning but come back to me when they're nine and three, 10 and four. And, uh, and we'll talk about it. And they, they stayed strong the entire season. They never faded. Uh, I didn't expect that from them at all. They got the most out of their rookies. They've got Nafisa Collier emerging. I think I would vote for Cheryl Reeve. I think Bill Lambeer will win it this season. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I was actually, thinking almost the exact opposite. I was thinking I'd vote for Bill, but I think that Minnesota is the story like that I think some people would identify with. So that's funny that, yeah, we actually were opposite on that. But I, I don't know. Like, are, are we missing anybody? I mean... Lots of, I mean... You could Seattle's, about- Seattle's, you know, has, is the number two seed, but I think they're the best team. It's hard to say, oh, oh like, they, it was, they got there from, because of coaching, which... You know, that's not a knock on, on Kloppenberg at all, but I just don't see that they needed they I, needed coaching to tie for the number about, one seed. I think you could talk about Kurt Miller battling through injuries. I think there's a couple other coaches that are on the floor yeah. battled through injuries. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't hate if someone said Derek Fisher because they finished third yeah. and like I wouldn't hate that. I just don't see any other coach in the league with a with a story and a scenario as strong as Lambeer or Reeves. Yeah. I, I think Derek Fisher's problem, he, he coached a great team to a great season this year and deserves a lot of credit. His problem is I don't think he did any one thing. Like if, if you want to go by record, then it's going to be Seattle or Vegas. If you want to go 
like like basically any reason that you could find to be like here's what i base my vote off of i think there's always one team that might be like just a step ahead yeah yeah no i'd I'd agree with that um so there's our there's kind of our analysis i guess you could say of those uh and we beat the mvp to death uh you know last night i think that we we discussed that at ad nauseum so um just by a razor's uh razor's edge with between asia and and stewie did we actually make a, a final prediction just in case somebody hasn't actually listened to those episodes i'm curious logan what's what's your final call between these two i think i said yesterday i i thought a lot of media members probably made up their mind before last night's result Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's true because I saw a lot of things today as I was kind of browsing that had Asia as the MVP with last night being the tiebreaker. And Ooh. So actually securing like last night, securing victory being the difference maker. Yeah. yeah I think it did matter. I, th- I don't hate that take. And in fact, I, I tend to actually think that there's something to that as well. And that, has, that plays into to my opinion as well. I'm I think that it's Asia Wilson. If if I were to to bet, I, I'd go Asia Wilson. But very, I'm not confident if that makes sense. Like I'm not like oh it's a it's a runaway. It's very obvious. But I do think Asia Wilson is going to be the MVP this year, and that's probably where I would cast my vote if I were voting this year. How about you? I think I would vote. I think I would still vote Bree, and I think it should be Bree. Um, but I truly don't know. Which <laughs> way I really don't love it, dude. So there's our takes. There's our takes. Uh, we'll see how inaccurate or accurate we were um, when <laughs> when the official awards come out. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But Logan, let's talk playoffs. You want to talk about playoffs? Playoffs. playoffs? um i think we do that every single year when the when the playoffs roll around i think that's a i think unintentionally we do that every every time uh the playoffs are kicking off uh let's go let's go in order of like how these games are going to start so let's actually discuss this chicago sky connecticut sun matchup the six and seven seeds facing off i guess when people listen to this it will be today for you on the uh 15th but um 7 p.m eastern time on espn2 it's a double header with washington and phoenix following right behind on espn2 just don't change your channel keep it there for a solid four hours tomorrow night because you're going to have a lot of great WNBA basketball so 7 p.m eastern time is when this all kicks off connecticut chicago logan thoughts uh yeah, I I think one of these uh, two playoff games will be close, and the other one will not. And this one will be close. I'm super excited for this game. Uh, I am intrigued by the Connecticut Sun. I I really, even with Chicago ending the season on uh, like a two and six skid, I really expected to go into this one thinking, you know, the Sky are a more talented team. Vandersloot was an MVP candidate for a lot of the year. Um, they still have you know, sharpshooter Ali Quigley and a lot of really good um, offensive pieces. But you know what? I think, I think we might be overlooking Connecticut a little bit. At least I have been. 
Uh, and I, I'm, I'm interested in, in what you have to say about this, but for me, there's, there's one name that stands out as a difference maker and it's because she's such a big game player and it's Dewana Bonner. Yeah. And I, I'm interested in how you feel about Bonner versus the sky. Um, I love what Dewana Bonner does, uh, on the court and especially in playoff time. Um, I think the combo of, of playoff Dewana Bonner and playoff Alyssa Thomas, uh, is 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 crazy if you watch Alyssa thomas all season you look at she plays every minute as if it's you know game seven of the of the finals right like she that's just how that's how she is wired she just never stops competing but for some reason i don't know how she's like she's turned up to 11 and then finds another gear in the playoffs and i think Alyssa thomas and dewana bonner like alone makes this game very scary for Chicago. That being said, I think Chicago is probably the better team, but as of late has not played like the better team. I think Chicago has been underwhelming uh, as, as the last little bit of the season has progressed where Connecticut uh, Connecticut is on a two game losing streak. You know, they, they lost their last couple games of the season. Um, but I really do think that uh, I, I do think that Connecticut's got some real potential to to maybe knock Chicago uh, out of the, the playoffs here. Um, I would not be surprised to to see that happen. But I do think that Chicago probably has more weapons. Connecticut's might be, but I do think Connecticut's probably a big one-two punch of of Thomas and Bonner might be the bigger weapons with Chicago sky having more weapons. So it just kind of comes down to what your preference is there. What do you think? Like in a playoff scenario, a one game playoff scenario, which of which would you take? Like, let's take away the names of the teams here, but which would you take? You've got a one, two punch. That's, that's really solid. Or you've got probably a four or five level punch that aren't maybe at that same level lately. Yeah, in in a one game eliminator, I I want the one two punch. I want the power, you know, the the chance of someone going for like thirty three and and just kind of deciding the the game on their own, which I I know Dewana Bonner and Alyssa yeah, Tom. Bonner definitely has that potential in her for sure. Here's, here's the issue for both teams is they both do not check. Well, the the sky are zero for two on the marks that I mentioned in yesterday's episode that I look for in a successful playoff team which is a team that's fully healthy and playing their best ball at the end of the year heading into the playoffs. Uh, they are playing poorly, particularly on defense, because of injuries to Azura Stevens and, and lacking Diamond Shields. Uh, and they haven't really proven to me that they've figured it out. They've had a lot of games to try, and I think James Wade is a stud, and he'll be able to figure something out for this Connecticut team. But I don't know how much defensively they're going to be able to limit Thomas and, and Bonner and uh, it only takes one game. So I think Bonner's going to explode for a lot of points, and I'm, I'm kind of showing my hand here for my prediction. But, I, you know, the sky, the sky do not look the part that they did in the middle of the summer of a team that could make a really deep run and, and build on last year's momentum. Uh, on, on the other side, Connecticut also has their share of injury issues, and I don't want to overlook those because they are substantial. <laughs> Absolutely. But, I think but they are playing better basketball. Um, yeah, yeah. And I do think that matters um, to have some positive momentum and to see 
the ball going through the net and seeing W's on the scoreboard um, the, you know, the week or two before the playoffs and feel like you've got something good going. No, I, I absolutely agree with you there. I think that there's a, there's injuries that, that, you know, are going to come into play here. It seems like, um, seems like Connecticut, you know, does have a kind of some, some issues of their own. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to agree, tend to agree with you on this one. Let's go ahead and give our final predictions. Uh, Logan, who do you have? Uh, give me a final prediction and a, and a final score. Boy, if you would have told me I'd be taking the sun to win a playoff game when they were and five year, looking like they weren't even going to finish close to being in contention for a spot. Um, I, you know, I do, I'm concerned about the injuries to Holmes and to Thomas and to Jones and they, they've got so many. Um, Thomas, especially with the plantar fasciitis, um, feels like they just didn't rest her throughout the season. Now they're paying the price for it. Mm-hmm. And I look at Bonner, who is like top three in the league in minutes played. And I think they might have to play her, you know, 38 minutes. Um, she, you know, they're, they're not going to get her much rest in a game like this. Um, but I do think she can break down the Chicago defense. And I think they're playing better ball right now. So I am going to take – I can't believe – I'm so sorry, Sky Show – um, I'm going to take the <laughs> Connecticut Sun, 86 to 79. Okay, okay. I um, uh, now in general, sports media, the other person's going to say, "Hey, you know what? That's a great take." But I'm going to I'm going to go another direction with this, and I think, but I'm not. I'm actually going to agree with you here, <laughs> and I think that Connecticut is going to win this game. I do. I think that it is going to be lower scoring, though. Um, I'm, I actually think that it's, it's going to be a little bit more of a, of a drug out, um, type of affair. I think that it's going to be, I think Connecticut's going to take this one 71 to 66. Um, and, uh, that's my take and I'm sticking with it. So, um, <laughs> but I think that just because of the amount of, of, um, issues that I think both teams have faced lately, um, both in performance and in injury wise. Um, I, I really do like Connecticut in this scenario in a one game. If we're talking a five game series, I may have a different story. Um, but I, I just, I have a harder time seeing Chicago, uh, take this one. I, I really do feel like Connecticut's going to come in ready to go and, and, and want to, um, want to take some names here. So, uh, let's move to Phoenix and Washington, though, Logan, the five and eight seed. So Phoenix didn't know who they were going to be playing until like buzzer sounded at the end of the last game of the regular season and it ended up being the Washington Mystics. Um, if you're Phoenix, how are you feeling about facing the Mystics in round one? Uh I think you have to take it seriously because it's the playoffs and any misstep means that you're done in this round, but it it feels like it could be a real good tune up game for Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, Phoenix has had some unexplainable losses this season and the mystics fought so hard to be here. They're not going to want to see it taken away from them easily. Um, but Phoenix has so much experience in the playoffs. I, you know, Washington did just win the championship last year, but they're not that team. Um, and I, I really think Diana Tarazi 
made a push at the end of the year to show she's still got plenty left in the tank to make another championship run. Um, they are my potential heartbreaker team this year. I think on, on a given day, I think the Mercury could probably beat anybody in the field once if they played their best basketball and had a few things go their way. Um, I don't think it's going to take their best basketball to beat Washington. It's just really hard for me to see the Mystics hanging with, with Phoenix in this one. Um, Phoenix is a really interesting team because they aren't at full strength either. Um, and have had to sit, you know, a lot of their players. And so I, I actually am having a little bit of a tougher time. I, I do think that Phoenix is going to win this game. Um, but I mean, Washington, Washington's coming in strong. I think they've, uh, they've won their last four in a row and, I think they've won like five of six or something like that. So they've been playing some really solid basketball. Um, granted, several of these games were against some of the, your the lower level competition, your Atlanta, New York, and, and what have you. But I don't know. I, I really do have a hard time thinking that Washington will go toe-to-toe with Phoenix just because I think Phoenix has um, just has a little bit more to them right now um that being said it's very difficult for me to not to not side with last year's uh finals mvp emma Mieseman, um who's played quietly a pretty decent season because teams have have come against the the mystics and said hey we got to get Mieseman, which has is kind of part of what has allowed heinz allen and atkins and others to step up but we saw what Misaman did in the finals last year and what she did across the playoffs last year. Um, as much as Diana Taurasi is a beast in play in the playoffs. And I know sky dig is, is, is right there as well. I, as a coach, I would be terrified to plan a game against a playoff level Emma Misaman. And so this one is, is not as, not as sure, but I think I, I also am going to take Phoenix as well. So, Logan, I want to hear a final prediction from you with a final score. Yeah, I think the combination of Diana Tarazi really heating up from distance shooting uh, as well as Skylar Diggins-Smith kind of being a safety valve for if that shooting just doesn't happen to be there on any given night. Um, that's just going to be too much for a Mystics team that's been playing so many women down all season um, I, I think they'll probably hang longer than I expect because uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Phoenix kind of ran them out of the building early. But let's say it's close at the half and then Phoenix pulls away by about 11, ends up winning this one, let's say 81 to 70. Okay. Uh, I, I'm glad you went a little bit higher with that. I, I, I'm going to tend to agree with you. I think that Skydig and DT are playing – as good a basketball right now as they have all season long. And so I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Um, I do think like you, I, th- I think it's going to hit the eighties though. I, I think it's going to be about 88 to 81. Um, and my prediction that is that DT goes off for 30 plus in this game. Go. Um, there's a, there's the additional now with this Logan, because we won't know a hundred percent for sure who plays who in the following round, I do want to just bring up Minnesota and LA as the four and then the three seed respectively. Um, 
as, as we kind of look at what could happen and, and different potential scenarios, obviously LA is going to get the lower seed. Minnesota is going to get the, the top seed. So if Phoenix wins, they're guaranteed to play in Minnesota, right? Um, and then the, other than that, there's, there is no real guarantee. Other than if Washington wins, they're guaranteed to play the Sparks. So I guess yeah. there's, there's that. But there could be a lot of mixing and matching between all of these uh, different scenarios and, and who wins and who loses and, and, and some switching around. Because each round, those of you who may be new to the WNBA, each round of the playoffs gets reseeded. So the, the higher seed, so the three seed sparks would be able to play whoever the lower seed is. So let's say for argument's sake um, that Connecticut and uh, Washington win, that both of the lower seeds upset. Um, there is no bracket that, you know, sends the 5-8 the matchup to face only the 4 matchup or the 3 matchup. It's uh, – it's it's reseeded. So in that scenario, the number eight seed Mystics would be playing the Sparks, and the number seven seed Sun would be playing Minnesota. So um, Logan, let's just talk Sparks and, and Minnesota. Which of these two teams are you most confident in advancing into a semifinal matchup against Las Vegas or Seattle? Um, Which of which of these two games, like the winners we just talked about? Yeah, so Sparks and Sparks and the Lynx of those two, who are oh. these upper upper seeded teams? Like, let's take away the like the the you know wonder of who they're going to line up against. Just okay. team uh, team versus team. Who do you think uh, are you is more guaranteed to advance to a a semifinal matchup? I I would say the Sparks. I think the Sparks are actually the same tier as Vegas. And if you're if you want to go by record, since Vegas is technically the one seed, I, I think Seattle could be considered. If if you're going by one top tier, I I've made it known that I think Seattle is just a little bit above everybody. But um, I would definitely take the Sparks in a in a series against basically anyone. Um, we we will not see them face off against Vegas. Uh, I, I think that's one of the scenarios. It's like we can't have that happen because of the the seating and stuff. Um, I think Vegas is and Seattle are the only two teams um, that would would take the the Sparks out in in a five game span. Um, they're just so good. They they can do so much. And I even if they end up playing, you know, I you know Phoenix versus Minnesota is an intriguing matchup because I could see it going either way. But I think Minnesota is really good. But I, I just think the the Sparks have more to them in Minnesota. It, it still might be just a year early for Minnesota's deep run. And I think the Sparks are ready to go right now, and they've played all season like it. I tend to agree with you. I think that maybe a lack of experience. Um, you know, two of the top three players in Minnesota right now are a rookie and a sophomore, right? Like that's – you've got Nafisa and Crystal are your two – um, are, are two of your top three. And then you've got Fowles, who's really solid and and a veteran and has championships in her, you know, on her resume. But you take that and you line it up against what LA's got and the potential that LA could uh you know what what they they have coming. I think I think LA takes it simply just based on on player experience. Now if you're gonna argue coaching experience I think that I would tend if if I'm going coach v coach, I 
will almost never vote against Cheryl Reeve in a playoff matchup, regardless of who she's coaching and, and what that team looks like. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think I agree with you. I think that LA, uh, I feel most confident because I think LA is the closest to that aces tier. Um, you know, if Seattle's, if Seattle's, uh, just one bump up uh, above the aces, I think the Sparks and the Aces are probably more close than than the Lynx and the Aces would be. Um, so I tend to agree with you there. So I, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, is there any matchup uh, coming out of the first round that you think doesn't bode well either for Minnesota or LA, right? Like what's worst case scenario for one of these two teams uh, of, of another team advancing? What do you think? Worst case, and, and this is probably what's going to happen, and, and it's not actually that terrible for Minnesota, but I think the worst case is if Tarazi and Sky Dig are red hot offensively and Brianna Turner continues to be a defensive monster, that could prove problematic. Um, but, you know, if they can go into a series against Minnesota and take game one, you know, we're playing the what if game, but uh, Turner has been so good defensively that if she keeps that energy up and the confidence that she brings kind of rubs off on everybody else and you get the advantage of winning a, a you know, a do or die game and and kind of I, I think that adds to your your attitude and your swagger in the playoffs when you win a wild card game and, and play yourself into a series. Right. You kind of like have that momentum and you're like, yeah, like we're yeah. in this. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I mean, Diana Tarazi's not afraid of anything, but you know, from top to the bottom, that, that squad is going to go into a Minnesota series or, or single elimination. Game. Single elimination. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they are not going to be worried. And I think usually you have the advantage if you're the three or four seed of, of feeling like we've got the home court advantage, which isn't a thing this year. We've, you know, we've earned it through 30 games of play. We know we're the better team. And this year it's like they know how Phoenix has been playing and they know who, who Tarazi is and what she's about. And they've seen Brianna Turner <laughs> go for, you know, 22 blocks over, you know, the, the five or six game span at the end of the year or something ridiculous like that. I mean, they're a, they're a feisty team. If, if Phoenix had been playing this way all year, they wouldn't even be in the single elimination scenario. So <laughs> I, Isn't, I think you're, if you're Minnesota, you're a little bit miffed that you're playing a team of that caliber uh, in, a, in a wild card setting and not in a series. Isn't it weird that Phoenix is so scary in the playoffs, right? And yet they haven't finished a super high seed in the regular season in quite a few years. Like, they but they always seem to like playoffs roll around and everyone's like, ooh, you don't want to face Phoenix, right? And I and I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you, you just have to count on them being a tough out no matter no matter what the scenario. Right. And to be honest, I mean Phoenix has played a solid basketball. They're only one game different from Minnesota. So it's not like there's this huge gap between these two teams. Um you know, it's it's literally one game goes a little bit one way or the other and they're they're neck and neck. So I, I agree with you. I think that Phoenix is a bad matchup. I think also Chicago could be scary for either one of these two teams if Chicago figures it out. Now, I don't know if Chicago will because they haven't for the last little bit. Um, Chicago hasn't looked great. But Chicago, for 
a large portion of this season was looking like they were borderline top tier as well. They look, they looked the part. I mean, I think at, I think that they were sitting in like that three or four seed spot, you know, like here and there, um, you know, I, I think Chicago's got a lot of tools that could really scare a, a, a Sparks team or a Lynx team. And, um, you know, you get, you get uh, that Chicago squad rolling on offense there. They can be tough to tough to beat. And if you get in a shootout against Chicago odds are not in your favor um, because, because they'll just, you know, they can just score at will uh, so frequently. Um, the, the sky's defense is where, is, is where I get nervous. And that's, you know, that old saying, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. I think Chicago's defense has not looked great lately. And so I think that Minnesota and LA could, could just put up enough points, um, you know, against that defense that, that it, it wouldn't matter either way. But I, I do have some concerns for both the Sparks and Lynx if either Phoenix or Chicago advances. Um, which is again most likely according to the seeds, right? <laughs> Not what we pick necessarily, but but most likely that, according to seeds. That's a really good point. I if if Chicago could somehow return to the team that was really rolling earlier in the year, that could be problematic. Because I even I, I've spoken wrong on this show just in the last couple of minutes. I always think that the first round is a wild card, and then the second round is a playoff series, and it's not. Um, and so you, it's you know, back to back single game. Yeah. Chicago just has to figure it out for two games to play themselves into the semifinals. And that's, it's, it's tough. If you know, you only get one chance after, after a year spent battling that, you know, look at the sparks, look how good they were all year. If you don't have it for one night, your season ends. Um, you don't, or you if don't, you do have it, look at what Washington, I mean, Washington's on a four game win streak. And yeah. to start off the season went three and zero. They can get hot and beat anybody. So even an eight seed advancing to a semi-final matchup is not anywhere out of the realm of possibility. You got to win two games. Win two games and you're there. And you, you and then like, it's a series. Do you like the setup, or do you think the first round should be wild card, and then every other round should be five games? Um. I I wouldn't mind seeing a one three five seven setup. I, I've I've considered this before, where first round is is single elimination like a wild card, second round is a three game series, and then you know semifinals being five games and the finals being seven games. Like I I would not be I would not be opposed to just something like very simple uh, like that. So. Um, anyway, that's that's my take on it. What are your thoughts? I, I think that's a very interesting idea. I I like the drama of the double buy, um, but I you know I understand why they wouldn't want a, a series to go five games and have the two best teams in the league like sitting out two weeks of yeah like, time. You know, if you're gonna have a double buy, it's hard to do series. Yeah, you can't end the season before that. Your two best teams on ice. And and let everything else you know sort itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I've never heard that idea before. I do like the idea of one three five, and then a seven game final. I think everybody would have liked to see last year's finals go seven. Um, yeah. So that's I I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> 
Um, dude, I love it. And obviously we talked pretty well at length yesterday about the sky and the aces and, and what to expect from those two teams. And we'll get a little bit more into that as this progresses, but we want to get this episode up because these games are going to happen pretty quickly. We'll be able to, um, we'll be able to really delve more into uh, the semifinals as a series after these first two rounds are done and the, the, the semifinals are set. We'll hop on, have another episode ready to go then. And uh, yeah, I think we'll be, I think we'll be good to go there. Um, so uh, yeah, like I, I, we want to know your takes, go ahead and tweet us at WNBA nation pod. Let us know what you're thinking as far as these first couple rounds um, who are you taking in, in you know, these first two games? And then uh, who do you think has the best shot to advance into a series against the Aces and the Storm? We want to hear all that. Tell us where we were wrong. Tell us where we were right. We, 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 we welcome all of that feedback. Uh, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. That's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Um, if you'd like to support the show in additional measures – Feel free to throw us uh, a couple bucks a month on Patreon. We've got some sweet kickbacks that hopefully uh, now that the season will start to wind down, we'll be able to, to get more attention to uh, some of them. We haven't been able to fulfill fully because of COVID uh, and, and not being able to attend games in person. Um, but we're going to take those one at a time and, and try to address those with each of our uh, amazing patrons over there who, again, just want to give you guys all a shout out. Um, just for all the support that you uh, lend us that allows us to be able to do this show um, you know, despite having full-time jobs and, and families and, and other responsibilities that, uh, that, that pull us, uh, that we can still put a lot of effort into this and you guys uh, help bring, helping to produce that really, really makes a huge difference. And we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts there. Um, but uh but logan anything else uh to add before we wrap this one up no uh thanks for following us throughout the season we're excited for it to be playoff time again uh playoffs and we that's, <laughs> i'm gonna get better at that sounder every year um but we yeah we're excited to to I, I i'm not gonna be like live streaming or anything but i will be uh tweeting extensively during connecticut sun chicago sky uh, and then Mystics Mercury tomorrow. So join us for that. Um, and then we, you know, we're we're quickly approaching the off season. I don't want to think about it or talk about uh, it. It makes me sad. We will we will obviously continue to bring you um, content throughout the off season as we did this last year. Uh, we have some new things in the works for that. We're excited about, but um, we don't have to worry about that for another couple weeks. So uh, ESPN two tomorrow, seven p.m. Eastern. Be there. Bradenton, Florida, as have all the games been. Uh, <laughs> the, the site of this year's WNBA playoffs will will begin and end there. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Chicago Sky fans to come after me and be really mad. And no, you, you picked against them, which means that they'll finally win. So Oh, that's right. <laughs> the reverse jinx is in full effect chicago sky fans <laughs> if you've been following the show you know exactly what logan was planning this entire episode um, <laughs> uh, logan it was a blast thanks again uh, to all of you who are listening go ahead hit that subscribe button give us a five-star rating if you are listening on apple podcast that really does help 
Um, let's try and uh, boost some interest around the world in the WNBA as these uh, as these playoffs are are kicking off. Let's try and uh, you know if if you're going to be watching a game, invite a friend uh, to join you and and bring them into the league and introduce them to uh, to what we consider the best professional sports league in in the world. And uh, with that, for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.